How's it going, everybody? Luke Buckley, Joe Marino here, and a very special guest. We'll introduce him in one moment, the Cautiously Optimistic Podcast, and joined this evening while we are recording by none other than Mr. Anthony Chandra from Expected Buffalo. How are you, Anthony? Welcome in. Doing pretty good, guys. How are you doing? Good. Good. Wonderful. The, um, I want to make this clear too. You hold the distinction of uh, being the first outside the Charging Buffalo uh, guest. Wow, I'm honored. Yeah, we've cool. been saying for about two years now uh, that we want to have guests on, and we uh, never do. Never. <laughs> um, being in a like a studio hurt that, but I guess we're making lemonade with Zoom now because now we can have. Uh, folks like you on and um it'll be great so you guys made a great choice for your first guest i'm gonna tell you (laughs) yes so my dad used to say never get a girl roses on the first date because you have nowhere to go but down from there is what these roses right so you didn't get roses for this first date you picked you picked a weed like one of those like yellow flowers out of the ground so so you can only go up from here so congratulations that was a very good choice you know what are those flowers um they grow in the summer and they have, they're just like, they look like just cotton balls. They're just like and white. Dandelions. Yeah. Those are, those are, dead those are dandelions. dandelions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why did I, <laughs> I thought, I thought dandelions were the yellow ones. Welcome to the charging horticulture. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. This is the first time we talked about, uh, uh, how do you say it? botany? Is that how you say it? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 First time we, we spoken of botany on the, uh, on the show what this a, man is college educated <laughs> what a what a big what a big what's it, that madai d3 uh <laughs> education but die uh, university now folks that's soon to be yeah uh yeah so of course like usual it is um it's the dog days of the sabers off season uh well maybe not maybe i don't think that we're, would be the we're getting application we're getting, there. we're getting there leading up to the draft uh Final four starting today, of course, as we record, is the first intermission of Avalanche Oilers. Um, so, yeah, we're going to preview the offseason a bit again. Uh, and then there's some stuff. The Amherst playoff run, sadly, uh, ending a few nights ago. Uh, so there's some there's some stuff happening, some signings today as well. Uh, as we speak, it is Tuesday. Um, so uh, there's still some stuff going on. It's nice to see the Sabres active, at least um, still at this point in the offseason. Before we get into it, before we get into it, I have one thing. Anthony, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember or not, but Mm. way back in the day, the the first potathon. This is the the first time in the Galleria Mall. Yeah, in the Galleria Mall. We were on that together. It's been like four years, but yeah. I remember the topic. I was talking about was that Marco Scandella wasn't as good as everyone thought. <laughs> that there was we the go. only thing I remember from that day. I remember <laughs> explicitly saying, because this was like right when they put Pominville, Skinner, and Eichel mm. together. And I was like, no good. The it's not going to work line. out. And then the rest is history. And then they mm. ripped off 10 in a row. I never <laughs> heard any of that. That is fantastic. 
I remember my one, I, 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 this isn't a real line, but it was probably something along the lines of Marco Scandella, handsome, absolutely. A top pairing <laughs> defenseman, no. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I, it was funny seeing him. Uh, they were showing the, the Blues press box mm. a few nights ago, and you just see Marco Scandella open the door and come in with a cup of coffee or something. It was funny. Mm. But... Is he a healthy <laughs> scratch or is he? Yeah, he scratched. He was in a nice Wow, suit they just gave him everything. like a nice four-year contract, didn't they? Something crazy like that. Hey, yeah, Ethan Bear. Two uh, years ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Ethan Bear yep. was actually little playoffs, and he just made it. In the Ethan Bear is in the good old doghouse there. Mm. Yeah, it's strange, strange. Um, Maybe we'll talk about him later. Yeah. But well, yeah. we do have playoff talk on the docket. Um, I'm just looking yeah, we can at start our, with that. Yeah, let's do it. Um, of course, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, the Oilers and Avalanche playing right now. It looks like we're gonna have um another wild series. On our hands here. High scoring, Couldn't, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. A hockey yes. fan's dream. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, the two greatest stars in the West, at least, McDavid and McKinnon, going at it. And mm-hmm. as we can see in the first period, it's three to two, and very high octane offense, as one can hope for. So, that, hopefully, yeah. I hope this goes to seven. I think. Uh, I think I'm in the in the East, at least. Um, Mm-hmm. Tampa is gonna mop the floor with the Rangers. I think. You think so? In- oh yeah, I I don't see it. All My depends. all depends on goaltending. That's yeah. right. That's right. I like- which elite goalie is going to be eliter? Yes. I'm not betting against Vasilevsky. <laughs> no I wouldn't way. either. No, I think Tampa takes it, but I, I wouldn't. When you got a goalie as hot as Shesterkin, I I don't know. Anything can happen. That's why I think at the very um. The Rangers will at least get it to game seven. I think, I think the goalie matchup is just, it's too darn good right now. Um, but I don't know. There's something about the Rangers. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are they, ho- they're hosting. Uh, do they have home ice advantage in this series? Mm, they might. That's a good question. Uh, no, I don't think they do. Okay. Um, um, you know what? I actually might be wrong about that. I feel like they were both, were they both wild card teams? I have to go, I have to look it up. No, I no, because they, uh, they were in the two, uh, no, three match. The Rangers, the Rangers, I think would technically have home ice advantage because they finished, they had the same amount of points, but they finished second in the, uh, Metro and they had more wins. Okay. So I, I don't, don't quote me on that. I'm actually looking right now. Yeah. First game, game one is in New York. So yeah. Wow. Okay. I think, I think that uh, could make a big difference. Um, mm. Just cause I, the, I, I love the atmosphere in Tampa, Tampa, just mm-hmm. they play so well at home also. Um, uh, sorry. If I'm looking away, I'm just watching the highlights here on the TV, uh, but um, no, this could be a big boost. I think for the Rangers to starting it off at home um, that, but, like I said about the atmosphere, it's going to be a great uh, series uh, crowd-wise if, you, if you're into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, no, I'm looking forward to that one. Two great series here. Well, good thing okay. the Rangers held on to all of those untouchables mm. in the Jack Eichel trade talks because yes. God knows where they would be right now had they <laughs> done that. Well, listen, in fairness, I mean, Phil Peedle and uh, Lafreniere have yeah, yeah. kind of come along. I mean, like – what a time for Lafreniere to like actually start producing. I'm probably mispronouncing that. I know. I, I've heard. No, you're too. close enough. I am. Okay. Depends on is if you're French Lafreniere? or not. Yeah. yeah. Lafreniere. 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 I love when I love that Lafreniere. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, Kako has been non-existent. Kind no? of third wheeling. Am I right yeah. there? 
Uh, but no, I thought um, I saw a stat like he had like a handful of points, not much. What mm. a time though for Lafreniere to break out. Yeah, it's want to get a guy going. Yeah, get him going um, to the playoffs. He's kind of buried in that lineup there because you know you got Kreider and Panarin. Like you would think that he would get some more ice time, but you're just buried behind a star in Panarin and then an aging veteran like Kreider who just had a phenomenal season out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The uh, Joe, you know that I'm a I'm a big fan of doing this every year in the playoffs, but I think the Rangers might have my nomination as. Uh, uh, 05, 06 Sabres comparable, uh, this season for 1999 <laughs> Sabres comparable. Yeah. Really? I think really might be warmer there. Yeah. Yeah. With wow. the all world goaltending, not a ton of firepower, but all yeah. goal. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And the, the Colorado Edmonton series, I think you got to give a lot of credit to Jay Woodcroft for pretty much taking mm. the Oilers all this way because they seem pretty dead in the water mm-hmm. when they had Dave Tippett as their coach. Mm-hmm. And now goes to show. I mean, I don't, I hope that the Sabres don't have to be in a position like this anymore, but fire your coach before it's too late. Mm. Each team should be aware of this now. And, you know, the Sabres did wait a very long time to fire Ralph Gruger last year, but man, imagine if they had done that like four games into this that losing streak that ended mm. up being 17 or 18 games. Maybe they, uh, they probably don't, but maybe they make it a little more interesting. Probably mm. not. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, one of the things that went under the radar was that I believe they said the flames and Oilers were the two best teams in the league after the all-star break. Uh, point yeah, it doesn't sound very surprising to me. I, yeah, well, anything with the Oilers surprises me, quite honestly. We were talking know. about this before Anthony got into the meeting, but, you know, Evander Kane and Connor McDavid playing together, this is exactly what Tim <laughs> Murray envisioned. Oh, uh, mid-season. yeah. I didn't even think about that. And Dreisaitl. You can still Dreisaitl. Yeah, Dreisaitl, too. If uh, revisionist history. <laughs> this yeah. could very well be the Sabres in the Eastern Conference in an mm-hmm. alternative universe. That's right. Man, just watching Connor <laughs> McDavid play just makes me sad. I just, I can't believe it. Like, how different would things be? Everything would be different. I, I, ch- I choose not to dwell on it. I choose to say that it will not, it would not have worked out. It's like, um, it's like, it's like the Patrick Mahomes thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If the Bills could have had Patrick Mahomes, well, maybe it, Maybe it wouldn't have worked out. I mean, if you have Josh Allen, <laughs> yeah, not, I don't know, but everything worked out there, of course. And it seems like it's working out now mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Hopefully, I they guess. don't pull a 15, a 16, 17 Sabres and fall off the face of the earth, face of the earth <laughs> after a nice little step forward. Yeah, those were those were two fun seasons. The 15, 16, 16, 15, 15, 16 was good. We talk about 15, 16 quite a bit. We do on this podcast. And it's sad because what they have like 81 points. And it's sad that so. an 81 point season is like the measuring stick for the fun level. Yep. Thinking back to names like David Legwand and <laughs> Carlo Koliakovo. Yes. Uh, Cody Franzen. He was a guy. 
He was a uh, service yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, he, he handedness, handedness existed, gets brought certainly. up a lot. And I'll never forget listening to WGR when Franzen signed, like at the beginning of training camp. And I'm pretty sure Franzen was a right-handed shot, and the Sabers are like <laughs> completely 360 to what they are now. And they had all these right-handed defensemen, and they needed a guy to play the left side. And Franz was like, "No, can't play the left side, dude. Sorry." Mm. And I'm just like, "Handed the hand and whole hand in this conversation just annoys me to no end. I don't, I don't understand why so much gets put into it. Like, you're NHL players, you should be able to play both sides, like <laughs> unless you're just complete plug. I, Anthony, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but." Mm. Well, there's a guy in, in the Sabres analytics department right now who uh, wrote about that very topic who would staunchly disagree with you. Um, <laughs> I think it depends on the player. Uh, I, I know, especially with defensemen, I know that, um, you know, in, in guys who I've spoken to who played the pretty much their whole lives, right? Some of them have said, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Others are like, don't you dare take me off my correct side, <laughs> right? So, um, I think it depends on the player. I mean, you bring up old Sabres teams, the 05, 06 team, uh, five of their six yeah. starting defensemen were lefties. So, um, kind of, I think Newman was the only natural righty on that team. So, and Rory Fitzpatrick, but he wasn't, <laughs> but, uh, so, so it's interesting. I, I think it, it depends on the player. You know, you got Darlene who clearly didn't have any issues, but, um, there is history to suggest that more times than not a guy's performance, his underlying metrics will drop off uh, when switches offhand. But I, again, it's a case by case thing. There, there's no set rule, so to speak, but I think I probably care about handedness a little bit more than Chad does. Um, you know, cause we would, despite what, what people might think, we don't agree on every little thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if they feel like there's a guy like Brett Kulak, right, as a unrestricted free agent, if the Sabres are looking to add, you know, a, a cost-effective and, and low-risk defenseman, right, I think he's fantastic, and he's one of the few lefties in free agency this year who I would have no problem pursuing uh, and, and just find whoever, Bryson, whomever you want to play on that right side just because Kulak is so good, right? Right. Um, Chad felt that same way about Mark Giordano before he signed an extension in Toronto, right? Another guy left-hander, but you don't really care at that point because he's just so great. You'll find a way to make that work. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's case by case. There's there's no, like, hard rule in that regard, in my opinion. Yeah, so wait, who who is the person in the front office that you were talking about who so, wrote about that? Was that uh... I'm 99% sure it was Dom Gallimini. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, in theory organizationally the Sabres would probably be very interested in pursuing that maybe or maybe not though because you know I mean you saw seems last like a little different like you put right. Darlene on the right side and but like when you too. watch Darlene and yeah. um Samuelson were both pretty much playing both sides mm-hmm. Bryson played a little bit of the right side I think that's, yeah. that's that's it I believe but even last year Montour played a bunch on the left mm-hmm. side as a right-handed shot yeah, Montour is one of those guys who his whole career he's just kind of alternated. Yeah, he's a right shot guy, but he's he's been on either side. You could, you could go shift by shift; it depends, you know. But uh, he's a little bit more versatile in that regard. He's a player who, if you, I mean, if if we had the information to isolate shifts, which I guess we do, but man, that would take a lot of work. It'd be really cool to case study: is he as good, better, or worse on his offhand? Um, but you'd have to literally go shift by shift and 
Jesus, mm-hmm. that would take forever. But yeah, <laughs> interesting. Um, this, yeah. this is why I love yeah, having go the ahead, Luke, voice sorry. in the room again. It's been yeah, so it's long. Nice. <laughs> I like having a third voice here. Yes. Um, before we get into more off-season topics, the World Championships just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan Cousins played mm-hmm. great. We we got a lot of questions. We asked for some questions on our Instagram at the Charging Buff. Give a follow if you haven't already. But got a lot of questions about Pierre Luc Dubois and Anthony on your podcast. I listened to it recently. You guys talked about this. Mm-hmm. About you know Dubois, there's talks that he may not want to sign a long-term extension mm. in Winnipeg, and you know maybe just maybe the Sabers would want to target Dylan Cousins' center for Team mm. Canada, in which he just put up monster numbers. So, what do we think about Mr. Pierre-Luc Dubois? Because the listeners all seem very for it yeah i mean personally that that's a legitimate top centerman i mean he so someone asked me an interesting question after we we talked about that on the pod they said you know is do you consider him elite i said i think i stopped just short of elite i think he is a bona fide one c but no i don't believe he's an elite player however if you could get a top centerman i mean the savers for his greatest cage tops and played this year right and, and as for as much as we at, at expected Buffalo anyway, are high on Dylan Cousins uh, future as a two C the team doesn't really have a bonafide future number one center right now. Um, and if you can deal, even if it's the ninth overall pick and say like Casey Middlestat, right. And get that player. He's only in Dubois, man. He's been, he's been in the league for so long. People forget he's 23, yeah. which is crazy because when Chad said that to me, he's like, how old do you think he is? I, I said 26. Cause I, I, genuinely thought he was in his mid to late 20s so um he's he's younger than than a lot of people myself included uh believe so um i think he'd be a slam dunk ad and i I hope the jets loss would be our gain in that respect because man your your forward group your top six is set for the next minimum five to seven years don't forget assuming let's say they did this on on draft day unlikely but let's say they do you still got probably two other first round picks if exactly. they give up ninth overall, I, I'd give them nine. I would if they want. If they said to me, "I need nine and thirty-one," I'd probably do it. Or not thirty-one. Sorry, twenty-eight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'd I'd probably do it too. Honestly, I bet they would ask for cousins. Which that was a fun debate, man. Yeah, that was a great debate on the pod. Would you deal with? Would you put cousins in that trade? I, think I don't know. Both. I so maybe I, if it was one I for eventually, one. I eventually, if it was one for one, maybe I wouldn't. Yeah, add. I would. I would drive Dylan Cousins at the airport who was one for one. That's yeah. insane. I mean, <laughs> on, on, on your greatest daydream, he turns into Pierre-Luc Dubois. Right. Wait, yeah, what's but, funny about that, it, yeah, uh, yeah. coincidentally, like a few days ago, I saw a Jets fan talking about uh, Dylan Cousins and like putting really? him. Yeah, yeah. I, I Now now, now we're bringing this up. I can't remember if it was in uh, relation to what we're talking about now, but um, someone said specifically pairing him with Dubois in Winnipeg. Isn't that weird? That is, hmm. well, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, probably because they just saw them tear it up. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, so, you know, they're, they're, they're just on the other side of the coin that we are right now. Like, yeah, no, you so. give us the good player. No, you, you give us <laughs> your good player. 
Right. Yeah. So I think it's funny uh, that, you know, both sides now are uh, Mm -hmm. discussing. Is this not another Ryan O'Reilly trade from 2015? It's basically the same situation. O'Reilly yeah, is someone, a new contract. Someone trades a, a number one center in his early 20s. It, it, it inevitably is going to turn into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and arguably right now, they're in a great position. Mm-hmm. It, they're in the same position, actually. They don't have the superstar prospect coming in like Jack Eichel, but three first-round picks. You got all these young guys, hopefully – the crop of young prospects are better than the Justin Bailey's and Nick Baptiste's of that era, but very similar situation. Now, maybe they're probably a year away from making a trade like this. Maybe we're talking about this type of trade a year from now when they're ready to, because next year is probably going to be more of a growth year. I don't think they're going to be, their organizational goal is to be, okay, let's gun for the playoffs. It's probably more of a 2023, 2024 thing, but this type of trade like Pierre-Luc Dubois or if another Mm -hmm. player like that becomes available, that you got to be all over that if you're Kevin Adams, because you can only have so many guys make this team. Like how many prospects? They have so many prospects. Yeah. Especially up front. Yeah. Like not all of them are going to be able to make it. Like Mm -hmm. you might as well package some of them put them together in a trade like same thing Casey Middlestat like where does he fit going forward like if Tage Thompson has another 30 maybe 40 goal season next year Mm. you've got Dylan Cousins if he's a center and then you got your other guys too that are gonna be coming up is Krebs a center probably not but there's a lot there's gonna be some difficult choices going forward and it's already a log jam as it is Mm -hmm. like People bring up, oh, why don't the Sabres go sign a couple free agent forwards? Let's go sign Valerie Nachushkin. Where are you going to put them? Because you're going to have to trade a couple guys just to make room. Yeah, you'd probably have. Honestly, if you were going to do something like that, you'd have to do it in tandem with trading one of your existing forwards for goaltending help or right-handed defenseman, something of that nature. Yeah. All right. Now, do we think that we'll get away from the topic of trading for – like a star like Dubois, do we think they're actually going to trade a guy like Olafson or Middlestat to make room for a UFA or say another potential young forward that becomes available like a Kevin Fiala? Someone asked about Fiala earlier too. I guess we can inject him into this conversation. I I just have a hunch um, that the Sabres are – in a position where they'll want to go after um, a big fish. They'll want to go big fish shopping. I think mm-hmm. I know I've, I've thrown Phil Forsberg's name around here at that. I, that doesn't necessarily mean I think it'll be Forsberg. I just think that uh, maybe it's time where the team will, will want to spend uh, some money maybe to uh, bring in one of those guys. Cause that would save you from trading um, an asset like, um, like a cousins or someone, I think also get some help in here uh, right away and I'll cost you some ching. I'll cost you some money. Yeah, it's funny. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. I feel the opposite. Um, really? Yeah, I, I do. So um, I, I think they really like what they're developing. I do think there's a possibility. I don't think I'll start with this. I don't think Victor Olsen's getting traded. Um, it just doesn't seem like so. I mean, unless, you know, a team says you need to throw him in for like a PLD, right? Like in that in a deal like that. OK, then you're not fighting them. But um, I don't think they'll shop him by any means. Um, the, I think there's a better chance, but maybe not a great chance that middle stat goes. 
but I, I think they really like this young forward group. I think they want to see them keep developing. Um, one area where I think they, they could go, I guess, theoretically big game shopping, right, is on defense um, for an older guy who two to three years, right, where you can throw a boatload of money at him and uh, it won't really impact your salary cap ceiling at all because the Sabres are too at least two years away from that being a real consideration. I mean, they got to get to the floor this summer. That, that That's going to be a challenge in and of itself. So um, someone like PK Subban, uh, I could see them backing up a Brinks truck and trying to convince a Crystal Tang to, to come aboard. Um, I think they'd have a better shot at, at a Subban personally, but, um, but at forward, I, I would be, unless, you know, uh, like, like we were just talking about a deal for a, a bonafide top line center, uh, became available, became a possibility. I have a hard time seeing them really shaking up that forward core this summer, at least. That's just me. By the way, I don't claim to have any knowledge or inside information. It's just my yeah. own gut feeling. I think yeah. I'm with you there. I think after how, the way Olafson played down the stretch, there's That's no the way they're thing. trading him. Yeah. Like, if no way. If you don't trade that through, scoring talent. Right. If you, well, it's funny because it's a double-edged sword, and Chad and I have talked about this. If he had limped through the end of the year, like he had been playing right um right after he got back from injury we'd be saying well he doesn't even have trade value like who what, right. what are you trading him for a seventh like exactly. he's, he's broken right so um it, it's this weird thing with him he's very unique in the sense that when he's playing well it's like you can't trade him look at the goals but when he's playing bad it's like well nobody's gonna want him so yeah. he, he's one of those weird uh cases in that regard where if he's not scoring he's not useful at all but if he is scoring you can't trade goals so you're kind of stuck with him and it again if he can if he can put a whole season together like he started and finished last year and just kind of cut out that real crappy part in the middle you've got something really special there so he's one of the guys i'm most interested to see how he does next year he still what, scored 20 goals with not scoring for 30 right. games whatever mm-hmm. it was yeah which is incredible because the beginning of the season was such a long time ago but mm-hmm. you could have made an argument he was one of their best players yeah, at the very start, at the very start, absolutely. Yeah, that's fair. To um, say. and if we're looking at the roster, Middlestat seems like the most likely to go. But yeah. if you look back to the end of when Don Granado first started the COVID shortened season, Middlestat was probably their best player at forward. At least he was pretty good. Um, I think a lot of people expected him to break out this year, but the injury kind of mm. derailed that chance so he finished I bet strong they too, prob- yeah he finished pretty strong i bet they give him another shot i don't think they touch his forward core i think they they bring up jack quinn jj paterka and those are your ads and they go big game hunting on defense mm-hmm. whether that's a suban colorado just scored again six to three um suban latang what's mm-hmm. why not back up the brinks truck and give latang like $10 million for one or two years and it's no ramifications idea. of the salary cap. What does it matter? Yeah. What does it matter? Would he want to come here? I don't know. Probably not, but Chad and I had that debate on our last pod. That's pretty funny. I said, <laughs> I said for $10 million for two years, like that's 20 mil. Like, yes, he would come here. He's got, he's got his cups. Like what? He has yeah. three cups. Like yeah. what else is he- And Chad goes, well, well, don't you think he wants another one? He's like, if, uh, Colorado offered you two years for four million a year, and the Sabers offered you two for ten. What are you taking? I'm like the Sabers. That's a delta of twelve right. million dollars. Like I'm yeah. absolutely taking the Sabers. And he's like, no. He's like, hockey players are built different. They want to win. I'm like, okay. Who can pay? Who can pay though? The Sabers can outbid anyone 
for the most part. Yeah, but again, though, for four million, right? Pretty much any team can free up four million. Yeah, I mean, um, we, we've seen yeah, the, I, we, we, we've seen the Vegas Golden Knights just operate yeah, over right. the salary cap. It's like yeah, magic. I, we we use the existence of the Golden Knights and the Tampa Bay Lightning kind mm-hmm. of have uh, made me deny the uh, existence of the salary cap, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I I think it's it's nice that we're all in agreement on uh, Middlestead there and. Uh, Anthony, I think like what, what Joe and I have said um, kind of all season, I think we've said this too, but like Olafson is a goal scorer's goal scorer, mm-hmm. wherein he'll score a bunch of goals in bunches, then he'll go quiet. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, all like, I, I think, that's I think really inherently, the right, unless you're an elite um, goal scorer like an Ovechkin, mm-hmm. snipers are hot and cold, man. They're streaky players just kind of by nature. Um run into a couple hot goalies, just have a couple off days and oh my God, I've gone seven goals without or seven games mm-hmm. without a goal. And like that's my whole thing. Um so yeah. Happens. Yeah. Also another name on defense as we're watching Colorado here. Well Josh Manson. I just saw I, brought, I was um, might be a fit. I was bringing up Cap Friendly a few moments ago. Uh and yeah he was the name that popped up. He comes up right underneath uh John Klingberg. Um so yeah that will be um an intriguing one, I think. So Manson is one of my one of my no-no guys, um, just personally because I think he has hit his age curve, and I think he's hit it really hard. Um, How old is he now? Is he like twenty? He's, yeah, he's, he's thirty. 20s? I didn't thirty. Yeah, he, okay. He's thirty. I didn't realize he that that crept up quick. Yeah. Um, and then Klingberg is my biggest no-no guy uh, because Ooh. he he is absolutely going to get a six seven year deal from somebody, and they are going to regret it in a minimum of minimum of three years they'll regret that um that that guy is he's he's points man his whole thing is points like his impacts are very average and he's gonna get stupid amount of money and someone's gonna hate that they did it i don't luckily i don't think the savers are in a position to even be competitive for him which is a good thing um because Mm i i i'm telling you right now whoever's unless someone gets him on like a two to three year deal, which great for them. Okay, cool. Like that's a low enough risk, right? If he signs a six, seven year deal with somebody, I'm very interested to watch that team and their slow descent into regretting the hell out of that. <laughs> this is just a general question. Cause like I see, I see his name every time I, I look the free agent list, but like, what, what is Danny DeKaiser's value these days? <laughs> like, Oh man. Uh, because <laughs> one year one million yeah, like, like honestly he's kind of in that pesic tier like just six he's seven a guy. defenseman he's a guy it's a yeah. body. that's right so that's a good way of putting yeah. it mm-hmm. anthony you've been very vocal on the pk suban train i think i think he's gonna be a saber i have it just like, feels i'll like put it, money right? on it it's happening it's going to happen. So here's the thing. If they extend Malcolm, right, I think that helps they will. the odds. It helps the chance, mm-hmm. right? If he's your starter in Rochester because you didn't sign either of your collegiate goalies. Um, so uh, <clears throat> if he's the starter in Rochester next year, I think they'd love that chance, right? Because then, like, you think about it this way. UPL gets hurt every year. So if he's even it's the yeah, backup, like, Subban's going to yeah. get called up, right? I, they're not going to pass up. They wouldn't pass up the opportunity to play on the same team, man. I, I think, you know, and they'd let uh, Malcolm sing the anthem. At the last game, right? Like he's fully immersed, and like he's, he loves he's, it here. He's so he beloved, just... despite not really playing. And I think PK would be attracted to that. I think he'd be attracted to the young room. I think he likes being a leader. He likes being a vocal presence. Um, 
it, it just makes too much sense to me. Malcolm was just hanging out with uh, Jeff Skinner on. That's uh, right. Leave yeah. on who's it might have been on Malcolm uh, Instagram story, but uh, no, I think that's. I mean, PK Subban is coming up on uh, 34 years old. I think he's getting later in his career, and he has an opportunity to actually uh, play with his brother. And yeah. um, I, is this is this his first time in uh, unrestricted free agency? No, he was. A, okay. I think he was a UFA when he signed that three-year, nine million dollar deal with New Jersey. Right. Gotcha. Um, but oh, because he was, was he was bought out, wasn't he, by uh, Nashville? Is that how it went? Maybe I don't remember. No, no, exactly. Nashville. Nashville traded him at the draft to New Jersey for like two second round picks or something like that. Oh and yeah, then they just extended him then because was actually was he, I, I think I don't think is that right? I don't think he hit free agency. I think this contract he signed in Montreal. I'm almost. I'll check cap. No, not definitely not Montreal. Nashville, you mean? One second, let me check. Well, hang on. I have it up here. Oh, perfect. Yeah, you can uh, you can check the contract history. Pretty sure. Yes, yes. Um, because obviously he was traded for Shea Weber. Right. And then they traded. No, he definitely. The New Jersey signed him as UFA. I'm almost positive. I could be wrong. I'm ready to be wrong. It well, he's been on this same contract since fourteen fifteen. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it looks that, like is that, that right? is a Montreal contract. Yeah. That's yeah. Wow. Cap friendly has it. I was he wrong signed twice. It. Holy he crap. signed it with Montreal August 2nd, 2014. Um, and it it's expiring this off season. Wow. I that stand wild. very corrected. Okay. Yeah. He was traded wow. for Steve Santini, Jeremy that's Davies, right. uh, 2019 second and a 2020 second. I remember okay. Santini being part of that. Nashville traded down from the 34th mm. pick to get I one of the Russian prospects that year. I forgot his name. <laughs> but Philly ended up getting Bobby Brink. And the next year, they ended up trading out of that pick again. And Minnesota went up and grabbed Murat mm. Kuznetinov. So, so there you go, Luke. No, he has not been a UFA apparently. But there uh, we go. What I, the point I was going to bring up is the only thing that can get in the way of a Subban to Buffalo thing is if PK is like, I got to win a cup before I right. retire here. Because mm-hmm. he's 33. Um, even if it's just a two, three-year deal in Buffalo, he's 35, 36 at the end of that. He might not have any tread left on the tires at that point. So um, it depends on if he really feels like this is his last UFA contract. And, you know, does he feel like the Sabres will be competitive in three years? Probably not. And does But does he care? I don't know. Maybe he goes sign, me, to uh, sign a sweetheart contract in Toronto. Gross. You guys, <laughs> you guys tell me if I'm crazy, but um, is there a chance ESPN tries to lure him as an analyst? Yeah, but at the end of his career, I think he's still got yeah. he's still got yeah. game left in him. I'm just throwing something. By the way, they by the way, he, they absolutely should when he's done. Yeah, absolutely. He so was good. awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Callahan is an excellent analyst too. I, I, I love Ryan Callahan. He's I'm, awesome. He's good. Listening to him, it's just I think he does a great job, and so, it's a, a shame yeah. that he was never able to play for the Sabers. So hang on, right. is, is this is this a Mandela effect thing? And I'm just losing it. Was Callahan for like a half second on the Sabers coaching staff? Did I imagine that? Are you thinking of Dan Girardi? No, I knew it was Girardi. Okay. I thought for some reason, I thought he spent like a year in player development, like not as an assistant. He might wait. This is ringing a bell. But I, don't think I, think, so. I think this I is a Mandela so. effect thing because it sounds right. But like, I don't know if it is. Because Tampa traded his contract to Ottawa last year. It was like Callahan and 
Anders Nilsson's dead money for I don't think becoming a coach changes like that. that though. It doesn't change your contract mm. status. Yeah, I don't know. Um I, I'm re- like again, I don't think it's I don't even think it's right, but like it feels like that happened, but maybe I'm just imagining it. I'm looking at Google Ryan Callahan Sabres and see what comes up. There you go. I yeah, I did. Nothing. Nothing came yeah, up. It doesn't look like it. Was yeah, he at a enough. camp or something? Maybe like we're maybe with players? But, like, I remember him being around, like doing something. Maybe yeah. it was Rochester. Like he he did something. I know he did. Oh man. Was he with the yeah, man? Okay, whatever. We'll move on because <laughs> the listeners are just like, what are we talking about? <laughs> All right. One more thing on Sue Ben. Yeah. Uh the suburban hockey dads. We'll loop him in <laughs> here. Suburban hockey dads will say, Oh, well, he's He's not good anymore. He's washed up. Yada yada. Anthony, what oh. do you have to say to that? Hang on. Sorry. In 2020, <laughs> Ryan Callahan uh, went back to Rochester to do player development for a the select boys program at Bishop Kearney High School. So he came Close back enough. to Rochester, but he was not. He was back Sabres. in Rochester. Just there so, we go. So there Close you enough. Go. There we go. We'll take anyway, it. All right. Anyway, <laughs> move on from that painful topic. Um, <laughs> What did you just ask me? I'm what sorry. do you say to the people who say, okay, don't bother signing Subban because he's washed up? They're wrong. Um, I think you see over the last two years, he's been on – so his first year in New Jersey was really bad, and last year was very okay, like not anything special. This last year in New Jersey, he was very, very good. His metrics were fantastic. He, he bounced way back, and you can – kind of see he after that real bad first year in New Jersey he, he started a slow climb and then last year he was kind of back not quite to his obviously Norris level self but he he was a very useful defenseman the biggest point I'll bring up and I mentioned this in the uh, UFA profile article I did about him at expected Buffalo he played virtually I think it was 50 percent of his even ice even um, strength ice time with Ty Smith last year I don't know if anyone knows about Ty Smith. He had some of the worst underlying impacts uh, in the league on defense. And away from P.K. Subban, his expected goal rate dropped by 12% versus the amount versus when mm. he was with Subban. So P.K. Subban single-handedly dragged this 22-year-old defenseman who was falling all over his own face, right, just to, like, positive metrics. And, and that alone, with, with the young defense the Sabres have, and those guys who are going to be developing coming up and seeing what he just did for a really young defenseman basically made him look passable. I mean, that is huge. And so I don't think at all that he's washed. I, th- I think he provides value on and off the ice. Um, like I said, I think it's a no brainer uh, addition for the Sabres. I think people probably look at his uh, past, you know, his elite past and think, well, Oh, he's yeah. not that anymore. So he's not exactly. Working. Yeah. They say, Oh, well, can't be a good player if he's not elite anymore. You're hundred percent correct. Yeah. He's, he's, you're right. He's, he's not a top five defenseman in the league anymore. He's mm-hmm. still really good. Yeah. I'm all, I'm on all aboard the train. I think, I think it's going to happen. Like this is it a predictable, like it, man. I can feel it. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. feel it. Who would you, who would you guys put Subban with when, if slash when this happens all Power? day, all day mm-hmm. long. So you all. go, you keep Samuelson Dowling together. Mm-hmm. You go power and, uh, Subban mm-hmm. and then Yoki Haru who are you putting with him because I feel like if you put Bryson with Yoki Haru that's a disaster waiting to happen for sure um however if you do that and give them just a crazy OCS rate and just shelter the hell out of them you could probably get away with it as a third pairing honestly um 
because Bryson, I don't, it, everyone knows I'm not a huge fan of his, but I, he's not a bad defenseman. He's, he's just very okay. Like he's, he's a guy, he's a mm-hmm. guy, like he, he's all right. Um, he just doesn't really do anything for me. I don't think he's nearly competent enough to drag Yoki Haru to anything resembling positivity. Mm-hmm. However, um, if you feel you need a shake up there at some point, they're just a disaster. Casey Fitzgerald's right there. Um, you, you have options, right? And you can, you can, even if you wanted to extend Mark Pezik for Rochester, right? Like, that's what I wanted to bring up something like, you know, and again, he had a bad end of the year, so maybe he's a bad example, but someone of of that ilk, right? Um, or what if if they bring a guy like Robert Hag back? Gross, uh, but like (laughs) like that, (laughs) I mean, sure, but you know, you you can you can kind of have an insurance policy there on another veteran on a one year deal, right? Who's kind of serving as your extra or, or even on, you know, to start in Rochester or whatever, if you don't want to send Casey Fitzgerald back down there, uh, again, we're, we're going over semantics, but um, I don't think you'd necessarily be handcuffed to a Bryson Yoki Haru pairing. If you did indeed put Subban with power, um, at, at least I, I think you'd be a bad GM if you handcuffed yourself into that, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're right on paper. No, it's not a great pairing, but um I wouldn't want Bryson with really anybody, honestly, because I don't like Bryson Subban as an idea either. Um, right. I don't like Yoki Haru with anyone. So it's just kind of like you're stuck with those two guys. So just make them the third pair and hope you can shelter the hell out of them and have them survive. I think if I were the GM, I would stick Fitzgerald and Rochester. I don't think he needs waivers yet. He might, but he might. like, like is anyone, is anyone going to claim him? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe. Right. he's a righty. Yeah, who I knows? But like would. this happens every year. I wouldn't be depressed if we lost Casey yeah. Cheryl, by the way. He's he's very much yeah. a, he's a future Mark <laughs> he's a tweener. Like he's, That's he's, it. That's all he yeah, is. That's probably all he ever will be. Pedestrian defenseman. Yeah, it's so funny. He's one of those guys who has been a prospect so long, people forget how freaking old he is. Uh so to me, it's like, well, why are you putting on Fitzgerald so early? I'm like my guy, he's 25. And they're like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. And let's he's not 25. forget. He's my God. It's over. I remember Joe and I talking about him in the library in high school <laughs> when, <laughs> like, when yeah. we drafted him. Yeah. I mean, let's it, not crazy. forget he was passed over his first draft year, too. So Man, was... you guys are, you guys just told me how much younger you are than me. And it hurt my chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tyler, Tyler Myers was drafted my senior year of high school, fellas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Oh, man. My, my former favorite player. I love Tyler Myers. I think everybody loved him that first year. He was, he was <laughs> pretty fantastic. Yeah. Everyone is a fan of Tyler Myers. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that shootout goal against Tampa. Tampa, so, yep. And this is like when I was first getting into Sabres writing. I was writing for letsgosabres.com uh, in 2009. <laughs> to still get, around? Absolutely not. No, long <laughs> um, I, I Yeah, I was 17, and they were like, you got to be 18 or older. And I lied to them, like, yeah, I'm 18. Um, so I could write for them, massive freaking dork. But um, I, I remember that draft. I loved Myers, right? And when they traded with LA to go up one spot, I'm like, if this is for Colton Tubert, I'm gonna lose my mind, right? <laughs> and luckily, because he was the other defenseman, like slotted right in that area, that that like mm-hmm. mid to high first rounder, and uh, they picked Myers, and then Tubert went the next pick to LA, and I was like, and he like never played. Wow. Never, I don't think he ever played an NHL game. Mm-hmm. A third round pick to I will, spot and I will too. look that. I will look that up. No, wait a minute. I think I remember him from uh from oil change now. He was on the Oilers. I looked I up. love when you bring up oil change, Luke. I think it's <laughs> yeah, Anthony, this is a long run. Uh, <laughs> kind so, of, uh, so Luke, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, buddy. You're wrong. Whoa, never played an NHL game. 
Oh was no, was it preseason? I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. He did. It was sandwiched between a couple of AHLs. I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> so he he played in 2011, 2012. He had 24 games with the Edmonton Oilers. It, one of you guess what he had for points in those 24 games with the Oilers. Two. One. One assist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. No, yeah, he's one of those guys that, you know, the narrator and the well, obviously the team would make a big mm-hmm. deal out of on oil change. Linus sure. Olmark, the future yeah. superstar. Yeah. Yeah. I always forget how Linus Olmark, too. Yeah, one of so the weird. great Pat LaFontaine trades of yeah. that era. Yeah. There's certain things we 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 bring up out of the blue all the time on the show, and oil change is one of them. I wish the I Sabres <laughs> had a consistent <laughs> like beyond blue and gold where we can yeah. just like look back on the Justin yeah. Bailey and Nick Baptiste days. <laughs> like, yeah. Oil change would always try and put a positive spin on the horrible oiler teams. Like, how would you do that for the Sabres for the last 11 years? You know, like <laughs> Justin Bailey has made his debut. The narrator you see guy. That Jack Eichel now has shaved the sides of his afro. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, All we right. do need a shit um, like that. The Amherst. We got to talk about them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good. All things considered, pretty good run. Like, I didn't think they were going to make it. They end up making it on the last last day of the season. Mm-hmm. Toronto loses. They make it. They get through the playing round, and they end up losing to Laval in three games in a very exciting game three. They lose, mm-hmm. I believe, is triple overtime. Yes. But some – Encouraging play from J.J. Paterka, Peyton mm-hmm. Krebs. Samuelson didn't get to play. Uko Pekalukin didn't get to play because he's made of glass. And R2 Rutsalainen has put great, himself back mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the discussion. From, is this guy going to get a qualifying offer? Is he going to play in Europe again? They took his number away from him. They took his number away. That the, the last person that happened to was Vladimir Sabotka for Wayne Simmons when he wow. got his cup of coffee here. That's funny. It's what do they do with R2 What do they do with him? I don't know. Is he your 13th forward next year? I Maybe. would do it because he's a guy who can probably can play do up and down your lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think he got a really bum deal. I mean, Chad counters, and it's a fair counter argument um, that, you know, it's like he got a bum deal, but he got like 25 games. So, like, how bum of a deal was it? Like, he just didn't compete. My rebuttal to that is his most common line mate was Anders Bjork. And I think it's, I forget who his most yeah. common center was, but like he had bad line mates, like real bad ones. They were, you know, at the time through those first 25 games, like they, they just were total drag. So um, granted, you know, Ruth Salina didn't help elevate that line by any means. He, he was just part of the, the Meyer, you know, just the, the kind of quicksand they were in, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'd like to see it see him get another chance under i guess more favorable circumstances yeah who did i mean talking john hayden probably maybe Ryan, you know i can play it I've all got here a, i've got an st pulled up we can keep talking and i'll look um yeah I, I don't exactly remember but it was yeah i that, know bjork that, was one of them that that is a good point too uh because who who was what's playing with um like when, when yeah Grado so so you nailed over. it by the way so his his uh, most common line mate was Anders Bjork, closely followed by uh, John Hayden. Oh, and so that's 138 minutes at even strength and 118 respectively, right? His next most common line mate was 35 minutes with Drake Kajula. 
Wow. Yeah, he left hung out to dry so here. He like he was not given a fair shake. Nothing to work with. Yeah. That, that's, and again, it, it's a good sample of games and you'd hope that he would be part of the solution and help elevate those bad players to some degree, but also he's a rookie and like he, he was set up for failure from the get go. So um, I'm, I have not quit on roots. Uh, I, I still think he has potential. I think he got a kind of a bad, bad um, opportunity, kind of a bum opportunity last year. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with him. Well, he sat in locker clean out. He wants to be a saber. So which was interesting, right? Cause it came out what, uh, I forget who, what was it, Elite Prospects or something? Yeah, he said that, the that he was going to sign it in, in um, Switzerland? Switzerland, yeah. Switzerland, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully he sticks around. It's, it would yeah. suck to just see him walk away. I, they I mean, wouldn't what, retain what would that his be like their fourth consecutive Euro free agent that just kind of walked? Yeah, Antipin. Yeah. Antipin, uh, um, Pete Pilot. Pilot. Yep. Pilot. And uh, maybe that's it. Maybe it's three, but yeah. I think it's, it's just like, three. Yeah, brutal. But – that gives what does that say to other European free agents? Right. They're all different regimes, right. but jeez. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, hopefully um they get this figured out. But I would absolutely have them as a 13th forward, whether you send Bjork to Rochester for next year or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure Vinny Hinestroza will be in the conversation for 13th forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the questions was do they bring Vinny Hinestroza back? It goes back to the same conversation. Where do you put him? Yeah. Are you going to keep J.J. Paterka in Rochester another and year when he doesn't need it? No. And, yeah, that's what Chad actually brought up to me because he said, do you think they bring back Hinestros? I said, yeah, probably. He's like, I disagree. And his his reasoning was that um, Paterka's performance with – in the Amherst – or I'm sorry, with the Amherst in the playoffs um, – kind of made it impossible for the Sabres to justify keeping him down another year, right? Mm. So if Hinestros is in the way – you kind of have to. So, so his thought was that it, it kind of changed the plan in that regard. If their plan at any point was to extend him, uh, that may not be the case anymore. So I thought that was a good um, rebuttal he made there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. They've got too many cooks in the kitchen here. If they want to add it, add to the forward, to the forward group, at least. Yeah. If you leave it as is open. and just let your UFAs walk, like it's, that's it. You're done. Like you, mm-hmm. if you're going to make any kind of ad, yeah, you got to subtract something. I wonder if they try to bring back like a John Hayden or a Drake Kajula just as like an insurance policy as like, as in like Quinn craps himself in training camp and they send yeah. him down something like that you can put them in rochester too because they need guys i was just gonna say only if the plan only if they're on board with being a veteran in rochester when they're not needed because yeah Mm -hmm. not not super interested in either of them but right yeah um jack Quinn, not a very good playoff run for rochester Mm -hmm. i don't know if it came out if he was hurt or not he said he wasn't but you never know yeah that that kind of sucks a really strong season from him but uh, not a very good playoff. Also, I don't know if you guys are following along with the Colorado game. It is now seven to four Colorado. Yeah, and and Pavel Frantsos is in at goalie as well. Oh yeah. Wow. Um. So I don't know what happened there, but hmm. that'll be interesting to see. Hmm. Yeah. So Rochester, they're going to lose some of their biggest forwards. They're losing Samuelson full time. They might be losing Fitzgerald. They're probably losing Uka Pekalukinen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rochester will be very interesting to see what they do. Speaking of Rochester, they might be getting some young youth infused into their lineup. A couple weeks ago, the Sabres surprisingly 
signed uh, second round pick Alexander Kisikov to an entry level deal. And today, the Sabres announced that they signed 2021 first rounder Isaac Rosen to a contract as well. Right. So, with the whole Russian war going on, the Mm. CHL blocked uh, Russians from import. So, you can rule out the CHL as an option for Kisikov unless something changes. Yeah. Um, I would go, I don't want to go out on a limb and say Kisikov probably is not like perfectly suited for the AHL. Maybe he goes to the USHL or something. I think it'd probably be a waste sending him to the coast, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Same that thing is... with Rosen. Like they're probably both not AHL ready yet. But... Right. One thing that I thought would be interesting, which I, I don't think it's even remotely plausible. So nobody should get excited about this idea <laughs> is seeing if, if some college would take him. Right. That, you know that's I mean? interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's allowed or, or anything like that. It was just something that popped in my head the other day. It's like, hey, why can't he play in the NCAA? I mean, he could he could yeah. apply. He just he has apply. to. Yeah. He just has to accept. Yeah. It. I wonder if, if he has good grades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe. I think I saw a cap friendly tweeted that Rosen has a European assignment clause in his contract, yes, I saw so that too. he could. I'm assuming he could just go play in Lexans. Mm. Okay. Um. But I, I tweeted this out earlier. I think in a perfect world, these guys play in Rochester and they just sign some studs to play on their lines and mm. don't do what they did to R2 Ritzelainen with the Sabres. Give them some right. some good leaders. Put like a good leader on the line. and some Make sure the Amherst bring the back puck. Michael Mersh. I, th- yeah. I think he signed another Put him there. Did he? Okay. Cool. I think so. Um, yeah. Get like a nice... Russian to play to sit next to Kisikov in the room because I imagine right. he doesn't speak English. Like I'd I'd like to bring up the conversation about the Sabres. Like you should probably go get a Russian to put in that room right, to mentor right. these guys when they come up. Mm-hmm. Uh I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to have someone there for Kisikov because that'd be good for the kid to have someone there. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy because you know, you're a Russian guy and you either want to play in the NHL or you're going to go back home. Right. So it's not going to be very easy to find someone who is going to be like, okay, I'll go drive the bus in Rochester, New York. So right. the guy that came to mind for me is like Evgeny Svechnikov. If he doesn't get a contract in Winnipeg again, mm. someone like that. That's an interesting thought. Even like giving him like a conditional seventh round pick for his rights. Something right. like that, just just to have a guy. Pittsburgh lets uh, Genny Malkin go. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Sign yeah. Malkin and Latang. There's your. Right. Then you reach a cap floor. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You'd be <laughs> you'd be in good shape there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So, Rosen. I bet he just goes back to Sweden. What do you guys think? Then that's right. Yeah, I think the fact that he's he has that clause in the first place um shows suggests that like that, yeah yeah mm-hmm. it kind of suggests the sabers assume there's some risk I, I don't know if risk will be the right word um but for the sake of what i'm trying to say we'll use that word um but you know they they can clearly see there's um some kind of there's a chance at least uh how about another name that's gonna be afraid though uh andre burakovsky he's been a healthy scratch for colorado is he not I thought I saw that somewhere. Um, 
I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I've seen him, but Pretty he'll sure. be coming up. Um, oh, and as I look, <laughs> I was fooled by his name. See, Burkowski's he's a Swede, isn't he? Yeah, I'm he's a Swede. Look at me. I, I, you know, I, I thought halfway through saying that, I was like, wait, no, this, yeah, I guess, uh, this, I this guess a he's, uh, his dad is of Russian descent, but uh, ah. I was actually looking at it because I, I too made that bad assumption uh, when I was researching for something, and um. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I wonder if he speaks Russian. Just, yeah. just look. Yeah. I, I, I believe the answer I came to was no, he does not. <laughs> we, got, uh, we got Barkov, right? His name sounds Russian. Right. No, he's a um, Finn. Oh, there was some, one more thing for Rochester that I wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah, it was on Rosen. Uh, the only issue with him going back to Sweden is, is he going to play? Is he going to get more than mm-hmm. three minutes of ice time? Yeah. Because he just had a year where when he was at the SHL level, he wasn't getting a whole lot of ice time. Then he goes down to Elsvenskin, plays pretty well, but hand injury, and he's out the rest of the season. Luckily, the World Junior Championship got rescheduled to the summer, and he's going to play for them. So hopefully he gets a little more good experience there. But mm-hmm. yeah. two very intriguing prospects. Very high skill, extremely high floor, extremely high ceiling, very low floor. So... <laughs> They're the definition of the boomer bust pick that yes. we have been clamoring for so many years, and they just brought them all last year. So exciting times in the prospect front. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into the listener questions, is there anything else you guys want to touch on before we get into it? I don't think so. No, no. Um, nothing. Okay. Uh, first one from T Bushnell underscore 17 uh, besides PK Subban, <laughs> yeah. anyone you guys are eyeing in the off season trade or free agents. Well, now that we talk about it, uh, crystal tank makes a lot more sense to me and seems a lot more um, realistic. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been as, um, you know, that, that hadn't been one of the names that, I wouldn't have put him in my uh, top tier considerations before, but um, no, I think it, it makes sense now after, after uh, we've talked about it. Yeah. I, think, I, oh, no, sorry, sorry. Go no, ahead. No, please, go please, ahead. Please, okay. It's your show. Um, <laughs> we haven't talked about but goaltending yet, so I'm going to throw <laughs> a, a goaltender name or two out there. Uh, first, Semyon Varlamov. I think mm. acquisition costs wouldn't be a whole lot. Maybe a second round pick if they're mm-hmm. feeling generous. And the Islanders probably are going to trade him. I mean, they're going to want to make some cap space. I don't think they're going to want to turtle and go into a full rebuild or anything like that. And Ilya Sorokin just had a great season. So they're going to want to give him the net, I would assume. And he's Mm -hmm. one year away from free agency. They can trade for him. And, you know, if they suck next year and you're selling at the deadline, you can probably recoup the assets plus more than what you got. He does have a no trade clause though, so I'm he has some say in where he goes, but not a bad option. And someone who might cost a little less, Cam Talbot, if um mm, if the Wild decide to go and resign Mark Andre Fleury. I saw I that uh, that option. Yeah, I saw that idea suggested on Twitter the other day, and I I uh, it was the first time I really thought about him as an option. But yeah, that's that's an interesting one for sure. You would think that's only if. Uh, Flurry decides to stay in Minnesota because right. Talbot. I don't think right. he's making a whole lot of money on on the cap, and Minnesota's got the Parise and Suter buyouts. 
on their books starting next year. All right, Anthony, your suggestion. (sighs) We we really we really kind of went with my biggest one on Subban there. Um, I think that if you find a way to address either right-handed defenseman or uh, goaltending via trade and you can lose yourself a forward if you're looking for a guy who doesn't make a lot of coin but still kicks a lot of butt and could be a huge uh, help to kind of ease in some of your younger guys I think you could pursue Johan Larson for a return oh bring back the log line mm-hmm. yeah so I, that would I like be, it that would be my like weird under the radar one uh, do I think they'll do that no do I think they should I don't know but um, it's just <laughs> it'd be fun it would be. Now, here's a suggestion I have. What about putting Rasmus Asplund at center and putting him um, as the fourth line center between Gergensen's and Oposo? So I, I'm not 100% sure of this because um, I, I didn't look it up. I didn't research it. and I'm just kind of going off memory. I, I feel like they tried him there, and he had a really hard time at center this year. Gergensen's had a pretty rough time at center, too. So I right. Actually, so I thought he did well at center. Um, I, I, his his metrics were pretty good. Yeah, so I, it's going to be an interesting debate on who's going to be in that spot. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's on their shopping list. Fourth maybe. line center mm-hmm. for uh, unrestricted free agency. Uh, thanks for the question there. Uh, Jan underscore seven underscore seven. Uh, Ask about Ascari Locks and then his chances to play in the NHL next season. I don't think maybe he'll get a game or two. I think it's his time to get a call up, play a handful yeah. of games. But as far as like a full time job, I don't think it's necessarily happening. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I think he he had a. This was a year where, in my opinion, in watching him last season, because uh, I tracked a lot of Amherst games. He was fantastic in transition from what I watched, and I liked him a lot offensively, and he's really good on the power play. But he, last year, was a complete disaster in his own end. And this was the year where he really at least had to look like, at the AHL level even, right, competent, I guess at minimum, and he didn't do it. He didn't take any kind of developmental stride there. So I've I've kind of soured on him where I, I really did feel like he had a lot of enough going for him on offense and in transition that he could become something, but – Man, he's just a pure, unadulterated train wreck in his own end. <laughs> just what we need, right? Yes. Right. yes. <laughs> Luke, you got anything, or should I move on to the next one? Um, I mean, I didn't watch much of the – I know we split the – little behind the curtain here, Joe and I split the AHL CV package. and Don't tell I, the AHL that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, you guys and are I, getting sued. <laughs> we are getting kicked out the door. Um and I didn't use it that much. Um, oh, he threw you right under the bus. As soon as <laughs> the lawsuit came out, he said, I didn't use it that much. Oh, it was no, I didn't. Mean that. I, I mean, I am negligent with my money. That's what sure I is what it sounded like to me. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> no, listen, um, I guess, and this is going to sound completely uh, stupid. Listen, give, give the kid a chance, if anything. Um and whatever if he if he fails if he flames out then so be it when but PK i think it's been Subban long enough breaks his hip next year yes because he's yes. so old they can give him a chance yeah it's been long enough all right <laughs> next one from tony silva 
on the topic of fourth line center, what about Long Nick time Paul? Listener. Nick Paul oh. for fourth line center. I like that idea. How much of a raise do you guys think he'd get, if any? He's I think gotta be like the, yeah, it'd probably be pretty significant. But um, I, I would I would assume he'd be somewhere in the three to three million dollar year range. I think that's the Adam what, Lowry contract. What I can do pull up uh, evolving hockey and see what they have. Oh, perfect. Oh, there we go. That's that. the number I, I I thought of though. Uh, somewhere in that ballpark. So, according to Evolving Hockey, they anticipate him to command a $3.44 million a year deal, at, probably at four years of, mm. of term. Okay. Um, it's a little so, rich for a fourth-line center. That's pretty but... rich. Well, hey, I mean, if you want to solidify it, I mean, i take that over a revolving door like we had of right, right. borderline minor league talent. Yeah. Hey. I wouldn't do four years for fourth line center, but if, they, if he wants to take like a two year deal overpay just to reach the floor, you got a good player. Why not? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, last one here from friend of the show, Steve Rogers. How about a bold prediction from each of us for next season for the Sabres? Oh, baby. Hmm. You want to start, Luke? Oh, man. I don't know if um, I don't know how bold you guys would say this is, but it's a it's a feeling that I've had lately that I've heard a, a lot of people just assume isn't going to happen. I think Craig Anderson will be back. Interesting. I I just um, I know I've said I've had a lot of punches throughout the show, but uh, I don't know. I I think just his vibes at the end of the year, uh, the feeling of the whole team. Uh, he, he, I think he obviously liked being in this environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, uh, in some capacity, I think he'll, you'll float around the team, uh, somehow. I think, uh, I think that's a good bold prediction, man. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so now I got to come up with one. Um, man, that's so tough. Mm-hmm. I think Dylan cousins. Uh, puts up m- over 50 points next year. Ooh, okay. Ooh, I like, yeah. is, that, is that bold enough? That's pretty yes. bold. I'd is say, it? yeah. Okay. Uh, my bold prediction I think the Sabres are going to get a first round pick for Zemgus Gergensen's at the trade deadline. Oh, wow. I like that one. You guys had better yeah. ones than me. Shoot. That's what I think. I, this is, that's been in my head since the, the, since the trade deadline. He just seems like a guy that unnecessarily gets hyped up by the insiders. Yeah. And he's going to be like number four on the trade bait boards. Yeah. Huh. And they're going to be like his yeah, leadership and grit. He's going to have like <laughs> eight goals by the trade deadline. Like so, so he's, he's turned he's into getting... like a consistent 10 goal scorer. So, so hang on. He's now getting gawked. You're telling me he's getting gossed at it? Yeah. Gossed, gonna... Yeah. <laughs> the, the pick from the Gostad trade, that's another first round pick. That is my bold prediction. Oh. For the oh. next season. The skill, the, the, uh, the trade tree lives on. The trade tree lives on. Mm-hmm. I love talking about the Paul Gossett trade because UC Saros <laughs> is was the throw-in pick. For, oh, no uh, way. Yes, he was. Oh, geez. <laughs> so even then, we lost. The <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know if you guys got anything else, but I think we've talked about everything we wanted to. I kind of um, 
one, one, just one thing on my end. Uh, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about the playoffs, but my, my, my takes, my predictions on the playoffs have just been horrendous. They've all gone south. Uh, I, uh, my buddy's a Rangers fan, and I told him like, "Hey, you know, Justin, I'm sorry, but I think, uh, I think the Hurricanes the only team left that can stop the the Lightning." And then there you go, the Rangers come. And I texted him a few days later, and I said, "Justin, just keep this in mind. Uh, my takes have been horrendous, so forget what I said earlier. The Rangers are probably going to win the Stanley Cup now. So I probably there cursed them there uh, by." Any team, if I speak their name, they're cursed, it seems That's like. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, did you uh, have anything um, on the phone, anything you guys were doing over uh, at the site or on the pod or anything? Uh, yeah, we're do, you know we're obviously getting our uh, off-season series kicked off. We do our uh, team trade breakdowns where we look at every team in the NHL and examine whether or not uh, they're a fit uh, for the Sabres in terms of a trade and who the Sabres could target on that roster. Um, we do profiles for all of the um, – I guess, pertinent UFAs. Uh, So that'll be fun. We usually do like 25, 30 of them uh, leading up to free agency. And then most importantly right now, Eddie Tabone, Professor Bones, is uh, (laughs) fully immersed in the Bandits current run because we do lacrosse now. And uh, so that's that's been been a big focus of his. I'm actually curious about that. Have that coverage. Uh, So is that, would that be lacrosse analytics then? Yes, for sure. Wow. Yeah, is, yeah, it, is it similar um, to hockey uh, in a way? Oh, man, Eddie would be so much better at that question. Um, the way I understand it, yes. I, I, think, I think that's probably fair to say. Um, there, there are definitely some, some nuances, right, and, and uh, yeah. you know, differences in, in, in that respect. I think, I think in general, right, I mean, it's a similar enough sport to hockey right. where, you know, um, I think you could get away with saying that. I had not um, considered that before, but uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Always look forward to the mock off season podcast as well. Thank you. That's our, that is mm-hmm. my personal favorite one to do. I'm hoping for the <laughs> professor Oak voice for Jim Rutherford again. <laughs> is that, is, you know, what's funny. I do kind of sound like Oak when I do that, huh? <laughs> oh, that's man. Pokemon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, that's really funny. Ash, you can't use that item here. Oh my god, it, it sounds just like him. You, you just like shattered glass in my brain right now. I hate that you just did that to me. Um, Perfect. That's all I'm going to think about now when I'm doing this pod is I can't sound like Professor Oak, <laughs> or else Joe wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna ch- we're gonna change the uh, title of this episode to uh, with special guest Professor Oak. <laughs> I love it. That's too funny. Oh man, Professor uh, Oak voice. You just ruined my freaking night, man. <laughs> you monster. Joe, All anything? Right. Um, anything you have that you wanna? No, I keep. Up. We're wrapping up the Charging Buffalo draft guide as That's we right. speak. It should be done very soon. That PDF will be out to you all probably about a week or two before the draft so you can get immersed in the content and we're all working very hard on it and we're really excited about it uh or the third one already geez um i wasn't able to work on the first one but last year i had a lot of fun working on it the whole team does a great job with it and i'm excited for you all to get your hands on it 
I think I remember um, – oh, this that might be one of your articles. I remember uh, proofreading back uh, in the college radio station, right? Remember? remember yeah. That? yeah. 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 Side note, whatever. Yeah, so keep your eyes peeled for that. That's what yeah. we're currently working on. But, yeah, besides that, nothing nothing much going on. All right. Uh, well, did, did you want to take us out or do you want? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I got yeah, it. There yeah. You go. Once again, thank <laughs> you to Anthony for hopping on our first non-charging Buffalo affiliated guest. So hope that we can have you on. We want to have you on for the animal draft. I don't know yeah. if you're familiar. Yeah. There's an animal draft. There is an animal draft. Yeah, run, um, run through it. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll be drafting uh, all animals from the animal kingdom are eligible and we'll be making an entire lineup of animals and at least in my head i'm thinking we compare the animals to a current or former nhl player oh wow you make a full 23 animal roster that's right that sounds dangerous guys (laughs) it does it's a lot of great jam in that lineup yeah yeah so thank you anthony for taking the time out of your night for having me happy to do it of course and uh, we'll probably be back in the next couple of weeks. We're going to hopefully have one of our draft brethren on to talk about <laughs> the upcoming draft. And again, we're really excited about that. It's coming up. It's come June 1st is tomorrow, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. So excited oh, about that. Yeah. If I can, uh, if I can shamelessly plug one more thing. Yeah. Of go course. Uh, Chad and I are, are fortunate enough to be uh, able to attend that combine. Uh, mm-hmm. this Ooh. week and we you know we very get nice. to cover that um for expected buffalo so we're very excited to provide some combine on-site coverage next week or this week i was Brilliant. able to cover the combine a few years ago and it was awesome yeah uh, this is, this is my first experience. one very yeah excited. it's it's really nice uh getting i like to hear you can hear the the guy yelling at the players when they're on the bike <laughs> on the that bikes was probably oh, wow. the highlight yeah. for me the awesome. mask that was darlene's draft year that's the the one that i was able to cover for tcb oh, that's was, a fantastic one to be able to do oh yeah that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah thank you again anthony uh thank you guys give us a follow anthony if you want to plug your twitter really quick i'm uh, sure yeah i'm at uh, at expected by ant uh, and you could follow us, um, just our main page at Expected Buffalo. All right. Wonderful. Great show, guys. 